My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's People. So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes, you will find answers, you will find guidance, and most of all, you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes, and some of them are not child-friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget. Welcome to Blondie's People. Welcome to episode 20 of Blondie's People. And in this episode, we speak to a very good friend of mine, Charlie B. Charlie knows better than anyone what it's like growing up on the streets, in the ends, around constant violence, drugs, temptation, exploitation. And it took a lot for him to give this interview. You'll hear him become quite nervous throughout the interview, but he did it. And I think his life has changed since the day he done it. So big love to Charlie. I'm ready. You need to think about, before we go, you just need to think about, this ain't about anything else. It's about you just getting your own voice out there, yeah? All right, cool. No pressures, yeah? Oh, oh, oh let's do it. Oh, oh. Right, let's do it. Okay. Um, my name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and these interviews are for Blondie's people. People that maybe could have been there in her past or in my future now. Today we're talking to Charlie. Now usually I say, who are you and what you're doing now? But we're not doing that this time. This question mm -hmm. and this interview is a bit more deeper. So who are you and why are you here? Um, basically, I'm Charlie Brown. I'm a young rapper and like hopefully driving being a young entrepreneur in it from Birmingham. And um, basically we met when we, I think it was a speech like um a conference thing we was in church um, mate. we was in church yeah yeah Errol Lawson was doing it and um he was just doing, he was basically a young mentor of mine so basically from that we've always kept in contact in it and um yeah with everything that's going on recently obviously George Floyd and um you've been on to me for to get this interview done anyway so thought it'd be perfect timing you know what I mean it is perfect timing when we was at the conference and we were talking, you spoke very openly, and this is why you're here. You're here because people don't know what it's like for people like us. When I say people like yeah, us, I'm yeah. talking about people that are exposed to street culture and people uh -huh. don't really know what it's like. So I'm going to ask you the question. The first up question is, how did you get involved in street life? What led you there? Um, well, it's mad, yeah, because obviously my family will always try to keep me away kind of from that and that, you know what I mean? But I'd say just the fascination of it all and that, you know, like jewels, girls, money, cars. And then um, also like having respect and that. Sorry, hay fever. But, um, not Corona. But um, yeah, literally, like I was saying, just having respect, money, power, the lot in it. And then um, you learn lessons from these people, obviously, that you're around in it. Some of my oldest and that, they become like basically like family friends, you know what I mean? And so obviously you, you do drop off from certain men. But yeah, you learn some lessons and you, you, you value people, you get me? 
The thing is, Charlie, though, you weren't born on the street, right? And I know for a fact, like, right now, your nan, she wouldn't have any of your bullshit, right? So you've come from a good family. I'm there with her now. Yeah. That's, what, that's one reason why I'm there with her now. Like, exactly. Not really, gonna, um, not really trying to align ourselves with that anymore. Like, obviously, there's things that go on and that, so like, even to a close boy of mine. You know what I mean? I think you've seen, probably seen that posted about... But um, that still, it still comes on our doorsteps. We just pray for a better day and everything just work towards a better future, innit? Can you, on our own. can you remember when you first become involved? Can you remember how it was that you suddenly switched from just... So for me, what it was for me is I was... Like, oh, sorry, go on, say that again. What, how I went from like being a little kid on the road playing football and that to like, and Kirby and that and to... Doing bit, um, I'd say you know what, just over time and environmental condition, and then just life choices, friends as well. But it was a thing where basically it started probably um, just chilling, just you know what I mean, you chatting and it. You probably just got a bit of change up your mum and that. And then over time and over time, yeah, you want your own money, you want to do your own things, you want to be, you want to be up in the hierarchy. So you take some risks, you know what I mean. And I ain't always been the biggest of risk takers, but even still, I've had to take some. You know what I'm saying? So like. Next thing you know, you're probably from, I don't know, it starts in secondary school. For me, it started in secondary school, definitely. If not, probably before that, living in, because um, I've lived all over the place. So that's another thing, isn't it? Like, environmental conditioning. Yeah. The environmental yeah, yeah. condition can have a big impact, can't it? You know that for a fact. Yeah, well, think of it this way, right, in Kendra. Right now, I'm in Lazaro's hands off, like, people consider it as the ghetto. Yeah. But I'm mindset, I'm trying to do better, in it? And then, um, but I've been in Aircott's Green somewhere, probably seen as a predominantly whiter area, an Asian area. I've still got black people around there, but it's not a ghetto. And you still see the thing, the bits happen. So it's not really where you are, it's the choices you make as well and the people you're around, but it does have an impact, I would say, yeah. When I was involved in stuff, and I was involved in stuff from very young, I was always scared. You never would have known that, never, because I was always like I am now, quite feisty. But I was always scared. I was scared yeah, of being robbed. Yeah. I was scared of being attacked. I was just scared of getting into debt because if they took my food, I'd still own the money. Can you relate to that? Was there ever yeah. fear there for you? Um, I'd say one of the most fearful times for me uh, was like, oh, I'll tell you a story. I'm coming from um, I'm coming from here, from my nan's, going to Carnival in London, and it, and um, we used to have like a little firm of us would meet up. And um, this is one instance, like other times as well, I was probably selling crack and that when I was like 19 and going OT and that, and had a, like, when I had like a gun on me, but this one was mad. I was 14, coming to Carnival, like I said, at the barbers, down the road and that, smoking a split for one geezer, you don't mind me rolling, yeah? And um, boom, next thing you know, fucking some guy just pulls up, you get me, w walks up to the brother that's standing right next to me, yeah, and just stabs him up, like... I'm there, like, raw, like, I'm only 14, you know what I mean? But from that, like, I don't know, your brain just becomes a bit of a norm to them things. You become desensitised. The first time I saw a stabbing, it haunted me. I remember going home and being like, and then, like, the second, the third time, and then by the fourth time, I was just like, lucky it weren't me. That's how I felt, lucky it weren't me. So how did that first time affect you? Well, I ended up getting stranded in a carnival. <laughs> Now, um, big man, too. think about that one all the time, and that. But then I've have, I've been put myself, so like, you know what I mean, it's, it's not a joke when you when you really deep it. It's a thing where like um, you have to uh, make some adjustments, and you have to reevaluate what's going on. 
And I think like with the youth, youth man of now today, and yeah, unless you really about it, like even certain people, yeah, that will listen to me and that they probably don't rate me enough to think yo, he's really about it because I ain't do I ain't doing them things anymore, like, trying to live that life. They ain't gonna listen until it's until it's on the doorstep until you experience for yourself, and it. I agree with you. I do think you're right. And I think the fear that's there, people are scared to talk about. I think that the, the, the kids are too scared to, uh, the kids are too proud to say they're scared. That's what I think. Definitely. But also it's uh, not being clued up. It's not being like, one of my elders, I won't mention names yet, but he always says to me, anything that's going to happen yeah, you always have to measure up the jail that you might get. You know what I mean? So like, these youths ain't got that, someone ain't got that wisdom and they ain't got that education, they ain't got that, that thought process, that rational thinking. Yeah, then they're just out here lost, really. They're going out here wild, ain't it? And without guidance or something to tone their, um, to like invest all their fucking energy in and that. You know what I mean? It's other than gal, other than jewelry, other than, I don't know, robberies and that. Then it's, it's a mad thing, it's a disruptive cycle. Did you have anything to channel your energy into? Music and um, one of my oldest got me into boxing. I'm like loving for it because it showed, it showed me a bit of discipline. I had to be at that gym every day. I had to, um, I basically worked there, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have nothing else going on. Even though at that time I still went off and sold crack and heroin and had a gun on me and that. At the age of 19, I was still doing my bits for that gym and it, you know what I mean? So that, that and the music thing. And then the music thing now is becoming a thing where it's just, it could become like um, a career for me. It could be something that's actually fruitful. Do you think if you didn't have boxing and music that you would have still been involved in the same stuff? Um, I'd definitely say if I didn't have music, yeah. And I'd say certain people as well. I ain't going to say names and that. But obviously when you've got people that you can reason with that will like unlock the best in you, you know what I mean? And challenge you and that a bit. like So you make you want to better yourself. Then that, that also is very like, helpful towards obviously your journey and it so yeah i'd say the music thing and like having the right people around me that's made me switch it off and you know what and also another thing as well where is it you've got to promote it reading this book what's that i can't see it oh yes i've got that i've got that yeah i've read that yeah everything from that as well reading that so Errol gave, Errol gave me that book the day I met you. The day of that conference, Errol gave me that book and I read it and I read it on the train home and I remember being like, whoa, like, whoa. And as it has an effect on you. Yeah, yeah, well, I did. I'm not going to lie, it did. I ain't even fully finished it, you know, because obviously I'm still trying to live and build my life up and that. But like, I got to practice, 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 got into certain problems, you know what I mean? And then obviously I've just gone... I've, it's become one of them where I read it, was reading it from the start to finish, got to a bit deeper into the book and that, and then obviously quit. And then I've just been going through different sections to sections, and you know what I mean? A lot of people... I'm really feeling informal doing this in an interview and that, but obviously... Go on. <laughs> why are you doing it? Tell me why. Because, I don't know, how to channel my energy and like chill out a bit. It's better than me drinking, because obviously drinking is like, makes my hands loose. A lot of people think that what we talk about, the stuff that happens in the street, is hyped up, that it's not real. A lot of people think, oh, it's over-exaggerated and it's, it's not as bad uh, as it is. And, and, and a joke out here, man. Kendra, I'll be honest to you, yeah? 
last year, yeah, I consider him like my cousin, then it because I grew up with him. He's my mum's best friend's son. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah, the other day, not really gonna mention names, but a good mate of mine, he got shot. You know what I mean? Like, there's a woman got um, stuck up at gunpoint. Yeah, on Lazar's road. You can look at her in Birmingham live. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't a joke out here. This is why, like, even though it might seem like man are talking some softness and that, when you look, when you're deeper on a rational level than that, people need to better up themselves, man. God, this thing ain't a joke. No, I mean, like, I don't want, when I'm looking at my brethren and that, and I'm looking at things that happen to my other brethren as well, yeah, I don't want to have that type of, um, I don't want to have that people affected like, like that, and you know, I'm on the regular, or due to certain I've done. So if I ask you stuff that, you know, that the media denies and stuff, you tell me if it's true or not, yeah? So is it true that four, like 14-year-olds are out there selling crack? Um, wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to G no one up or sound like I'm trying to hut the streets up, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. That, you know what I mean? Like, that's a no-comment one for me. Exactly. And that's the problem. When they say stuff, we can't go out there and, and name the, the people that are involved because we could get people... Yeah, you know what, though? That's just how I've been... That's how I've been... Um, my environmental conditioning, that's how I've been conditioned to be. I can't... I'm, I, I ain't one of them geezers. I ain't caught from that cloth. I'm saying... Like, I'm not saying I don't know the reality of things that go on and that. Probably, man's are out there. We've got youths out there that are doing that. But right it's in front of my powerful. face and that, like... The fact that you can't talk about it is exactly yeah. why I asked that question. I know that you can't. Okay, let's talk about yeah, mental yeah. health, right? So for me, my time on the road had a big impact on my mental health, okay? You the whole time we've been yeah. talking, the whole time we've been talking, you've been skinning up a spliff because you're nervous and you're anxious and you're worried, and you just want to channel that energy. So would it be fair for me to say yeah. that the road has had an impact on your mental health? Well, even still, I'm not always like worried about things or anxious all the time, you know. It's just obviously you have your little spouts on it, everyone yeah. does. But it's a thing where like, you see, that, yeah, that has a mad effect on man's head, like, I'll be honest with you, that is like, made man's not as like i've been days where i'm thinking yo what the fuck am i thinking it's just due to smoking smoke i smoke this yard as weed now yeah this marsh thing and that you know like that like the itemist the raster man and that and um it's a different was different head space you get me but the road thing and that i'd say yo really and truly like it does that to everyone i, I can't i can't imagine yeah as someone that hasn't been affected mentally because of that if, if you, you know like that if if you're out here and you're doing things and you ain't been affected mentally and that, you must be superman or something what kind of impact does it have, though, Charlie? Tell me, what, it, what, how does it affect your mental health? Um, one for me, major one. Trust issues, don't trust nobody. And how does that impact on your relationships? Harsh. It's, um, it's hard, isn't it? Obviously, even with family and that, like, don't trust me, don't You know what I mean? And it's not just me, my uncle's like that. You know what I mean? My nan's like that. <laughs> But that's just environmental condition. That's in places where we've where we've come up from. That's like the where, you know what I mean the things that we've probably had to experience and people we've seen and that you know like that and when you've invested in things and you know like that. So trust issues one. I'd say yo, I'm very anxious around things. Like I think yo, boom, I don't know. I always think yo, what could happen before things happen and and um like I say, you know, like clue up what what the what actually possibilities come from 
the next actions that man, man have to do. Because you've had to think like that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, when man was when people we women was younger and that and lads move looser and that, yeah, you don't think like that. You don't until it's until it's all goes down down to fight, really, isn't it? How has COVID, how has lockdown impacted on your mental health? So all of a sudden you've had to stay and, and, and had time to think. Has it had an impact or not? Um, to be honest, I'll be honest with you, Kendra, I like to self-isolate anyway, you know. Same. I hate people. Well, I'm not saying I hate people because I'm a people <laughs> person. I'm a people yeah. pleaser. Yeah, the people I love and, like, and I've got time for and I definitely I'd rather probably be around them a bit more. But it's also showed me up about myself. I'd say about what where I need to um to up my game and I need to jump like how I need to step my game up because really and truly that's like this COVID thing and that even though like yeah you can't go out and that really and truly I broke all the rules man I'm not set like I really I ain't I ain't been in my house you know what I mean so <laughs> you've been able to live your life but by breaking the rules yeah like that's how it is. We're going to talk about something that obviously is in the media at the moment. And I, I was going to write yeah. about it, but I wanted to wait till I spoke to you. Um, it is yeah. truly disgusting what is going on um, around the murder of George Floyd. It's disgusting. So I'm going yeah, to ask you a question. Yeah. We're going to end it. We're going to end. We're just going to put things how it is, yeah? Because everyone's out here banging, going racist, not racist, whatever. So have you ever been treated in a racial way by the police, Charlie? Course. Why course? I don't understand what you mean. What do you mean course? Course, Kendra, course. Yeah, that's that question. Of course, like, I've been with my mates and that. White mates, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been, in, I grew up in two different environments. I grew up in Lazarus, Hansworth, and tougher areas. Yeah. Not fully, not really tried to be involved with the man and like that because I didn't, I knew some of the results of it. But I've seen how I've fed the treatment. I've been drawn up myself. All right, then, I'll tell you a story, another story. I'm coming here from, um, I'm coming from from Lizelle's, yeah, over to Acox Green from my mum's, yeah. And my nan gave me some sweet potato pie, yeah, in a, um, wrapped up in cling film. Yeah. So then, um, obviously, I'm just chilling in town with my bedroom for a bit, yeah, waiting to get by the train in it, because I don't really like doing buses, like, hot buses. You know what I mean? So, um, boom, on the train tracks or whatever and that, yeah. My boys sparked up a split. Next thing you know, transport police, police have come over and started chatting to your man and that, talking about smoking this different that, yeah. And I've seen this little block of sweet potato pie now, yeah, wrapped up in cling film and that. Yeah, yeah. I grab up and that now, thinking it's a nine bar, it's a weird and that. I'm thinking, no way. So, like, I thought, yo, boom, try it, taste it if you really want. You get yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm young, I'm young, in it, you know what I mean? Naive. The geezer's there, like, the police officer is there to be there, like, yo, am I going to get stoned off this? So then, like, from that day, I knew your police. I'm not saying you know, they're going to deal with us how they're dealing with man over in America, but I tell you straight, like from my personal experiences, from one that even that one little story, yo, where man and are going, like the geezer had a spiff on him, an actual spiff. I had sweet potato pie, and you still. And, like, I'm the one that. Got, you know what I mean, I've been out at nights out and that year, and like, just you just see it, man. You know what I mean? I've I've I've, I've been in like interracial relationships and that with this white girl before and that. And it's like, yo, boom. I'll be honest, another mental health issue in that. Like, you feel like, yo, am I, like, really accepted in that? You know what I'm saying? Has it always been like that for you? Has that racism element always been there? 
It's always something that's that it's always something that does trouble a lot of young rap men that are probably they'll never probably not talk about or they'll probably have a lot of pride behind talking about it. How do you feel talking about it? I ain't really I'm don't mind in it. Like I try to do it like too if I can just be where my heart must leave, be honest in it, make my voice heard. If you don't like it then that's their problem. Charlie, what needs to change? What needs to change for for our young for our young men and women out there? Um, what, I what definitely say, yeah, like, lads need to be able to, like, talk about what's going on in their heads or their emotions and that, and um, and try, like, try look towards, I don't know, just some things that are going to better their lives career-wise, even if they are in, in, in tuned in road and that, and they're, they're dealing with certain things and that, like, there is all the paths out there in it, and um, obviously older people as well, yeah, being able, comfortable to, like, draw them up and say, oh, this is what you need to do, you know. And being that kind of role model, like me, thankfully, I've got my uncle in it, and I've got well, I've got my uncles, and I've got my olders in it. It's only due to my, like, my fuck ups that I'm in certain positions I am. But due to them, me looking at them now, yeah, that's how I'm gonna fix it. But the youths, them, and that. Back to the question, like I'd say, oh, boom, if they'd, um, if they, if they can just get even a little bit of that type of mindset and just tune into that and read and that, and like, oh no. Just find other ways about it, yeah, and just look towards better in the lives and that, not just doing any self destructive shit. That's the first step. That is a first step, and I think for you to be able to say that at fourteen, do you do you ever think that you'd be in position now to say, "Come on, now we need to read." Like, listen to the things you're saying, Charlie. That they're they're deep. Do you ever see yourself being yeah, like? No, but I, you know what? Back then, yeah, you, you I'd have said, "Oh, Charlie, be your wet story out here," but you're on about. To be honest, two months ago, I'd have probably said it. You would have, yeah. You know what I mean? A lot I'm, not, I'm not perfect. I'm human. Next week, I might probably even say that. Like, It's only because of certain things that go on and that, that make you have to look at yourself. That you do start thinking, you know what? I've got to do these things to better myself and I've got to like channel the energy into the right way to get the results I want. Otherwise, then I'm just going to be looked on like some waste man. I ain't having no one look on me like I'm water. Charlie, you are far from a waste man. Let me tell you that. Mm. Have you learned anything about yourself during lockdown? Before we go, have you learned about or about other people that you didn't know before? Have you seen any changes? Yeah, I've learned a bit of both. I've learned obviously, yeah, like um, I waffle a lot. <laughs> 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 nah, but I think, honestly, I've learned yeah, from um, about a bit of my, a bit of self discipline and that, and um, escape. I've escaped from like certain environments, isn't it? Because I ain't living at my mum's anymore. So yeah. um, I've had to switch up a different mindset in it. And um, yeah, you know what? It's just, it's all on the way, really. It's just like day by day, I'm just laying a brick every day. You know what I mean? Oh. Getting my own jobs, talking obviously to my uncle about probably getting, buying his, into his, um, into his class and thing and that, like learning off him and that. You know what I mean, so really, truly, it's just day by day with me. And you never give up. Like, there's plenty of times that you could just resort back to what you was doing, but you don't want that. You want to just keep moving forward the same way I do. Yeah, I could walk down this house road now, right now, probably get a pass in a few. But there's just no it. point. What's the point? You know what I mean? Like, there's no point. It's not going to make my people look at me any better. It's all it's going to do is just temporary money. You know what I mean? When I'm looking at my one cousin and the man, my other cousin that's got shot, one that's on tag, my boy that's got shot the other day, my one cousin that got shot in the face and, and um, thingy. 
like two weeks ago. You know what I mean, Joanne's kind of um, grandson, like, it's not a joke. You know what I'm saying? Raw, not a joke. Do you think we should end this by saying that the road is definitely no place for a child to be? Well, you know what? I'm, if obviously, if they've been environmentally conditioned around it, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be um, magnified towards it because that's what's around them every day, and it? it's in their paradigm. But if you if you if you know someone, yeah, if a man wise man said to me, you know, yeah, if like if you can just keep looking at people around you now, yeah. You'll see the results. What's gonna be your life and it like, you know what I mean? No, like, well, I wasn't even the same. Sorry, Ra, you gonna have to put that up. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm wondering about um, it was Fingy, sweet one. She says, yeah, look at the five people around you, yeah, and you'll see your future. It weren't my man, but um, yeah, I've still had people say them things to me. You get me? My mum used to say, say to me, show me your friends and I'll show you yourself. And I'd be like, what do you mean? She said, the friends that you've got are who you are. So you can say, oh, I'm not like that man there, but you are because they're your friends. Yeah. And that's what it's my mum said. Yeah. It's mad. Like, not going to lie, yeah, there's certain friends that I've had before and that now, yeah, when I was doing certain things and that, yeah, that man can't ring me and talk to me again. And it's not even a disrespect thing. It's just, no. just they can't. It's just right, they can't. It's like... Even if, like, I don't know, even if you was a couple of bags up or I was a couple of bags up, the conversation we're going to have and that is just going to be the past. It's not, there's no plan. You know what I mean? Here's the saying that I wanted to say, yeah, boom. All right, then. <clears throat> Little-minded people, yeah, talk about other people, yeah? Normal-minded people talk about events, present things, yeah? Business-minded people make plans. That's the saying that he said. Which one are you? I'm business minded, I always make plans. Always make plans. Always make plans. And do you think that the life for you in the future is gonna be good and straight? Well, it'll be fruitful. Because um I've had to obviously overcome some of these things, and it. So like obviously you don't learn until you experience yourself, so you know not to go back in it. But at the same time, like it's built me up a business, like an entrepreneurial mindset, you know what I mean? Like selling them things. Selling weed, selling sniffs, selling this, that. Like, it's built up a different type of mindset. It's just about channeling it into the right things now. Be it music, be it clothes. It's about using what you've been taught on the street for something good because you've been given all these skills, but you need to use them in a positive way. Mm. And you will. Also, mm. yeah, um, I definitely say yeah, it's been good chatting to you about this good. To be honest, like, obviously, I've had one, two things happen myself, innit, yeah, and, like, I usually just express it through writing and music and that. You do, and it's good. Or just bury my emotion. So, like, thank you. I've appreciated it, Charlie. It's been a great interview. All right, respect. Thank you. I'm going to press stop now.